Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number 1 in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, welcome to BT Sports podcast, Life's a Pitch. My name is Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Adrian Clark of Arsenal TV and Tony Evans of The Evening Standard. Football never sleeps. So we're starting our countdown to the new Premier League season. Five teams at a time. This week, we're looking at Arsenal, Burnley, Bournemouth, Chelsea and Crystal Palace. Arsene Wenger's last hurrah, Adrian? Could be. I mean, he's only got one year left, hasn't he, on his contract? So um, can't really look beyond that. Um, winning the Premier League is going to be tough. Tougher this year than last year, purely on the basis that we've got all these great managers coming in and there's bound to be an impact and loads of money spent. So it's imperative that Arsenal um, sign and be competitive, sign players, be competitive with others and learn from the mistakes. There, there were No season has been perfect, clearly, because Arsenal haven't won the league for, for a long, long time now. Um, I think gradually Arsene Wenger has learned from his mistakes. He started to buy ready-made proven stars now. Alexis Erzwe can attract top talent. Um, he's come up with a little bit more tactical variation. He doesn't always play the same system or the same way. Um, what we need to see this year, I think, is a bit more steel. Um, and, and, and that comes from the players, but it also comes from him as well. I think if he can get a little bit nastier with the players, he's never going to be a nasty guy. He's a very laid back, nice person. But if he can inject a little bit more ruthlessness, and by that I mean when mistakes are made more than once, Maybe take a player out, drop a player here and there, just to shake things up a little bit. If he can do that, get some real competition for places and get that winning mentality right, they could have a great season. So, Tony, Wenger, myth or magician? Whoa. <laughs> a bit of both. A bit of both. A revolutionary. He came in and he changed the nature of the game in England. You know, uh, he did everything faster than we'd seen before. And he produced the team of great beauty. You know, the, 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 not even before the Invincibles, you know, the, the teams of the late 90s mm. and, uh, oh, yeah. and, and, and 2000s. And then, of course, everyone worked out how to, how to combat that with physicality. And they matched his physicality without the skill. So, you know, uh, he's responsible in many ways for the evil twin of football that we, we <laughs> saw in the Premier League, where people compete for the first ball, win the second ball. And he never, ever was able to adapt and, and cope with that. Um, I think in, in recent years he's been too stubborn, he's, he's not bought, he's not spent, he's come up with a loads of excuses for that, which some of them are justifiable, some of them are not. Um, 
had a massive opportunity last year to win a what what turns out to be a fairly wide open league and squandered it. I actually think there's a bigger opportunity this year. New managers are coming in, but there's so much uncertainty around the league. You know, it's uh, Liverpool, uh, United, City, Chelsea could all go belly up. It could all turn really horrible. You wouldn't expect Arsenal to, uh, sorry, Leicester to do what they did last year. And so this is an opportunity to Arsenal. He's got some big decisions to make. Mm. I, I think missing out on Verdi is a massive, no. massive... Now, I tell you, not, not, not because of what Verdi does on the pitch, but you talk about adding nastiness to the yeah. team. You know, Verdi would have held people to account in that dressing he would, room. He would. He would have caused havoc. He might know. have done. If it, it, yeah, if, if he'd have felt... We don't know how Vardy would have reacted, you know, in Arsenal's dressing room. Let's be honest, this is a player that's come from the lower leagues. He might have been, he might have been like, whoa, what am I doing here? Like, you know, you never know. I doubt it. I doubt, yeah. I doubt it, but you, what, you don't when, know. When Ersel does that shrug and looks at his teammates as if the mm. the, the vermin... Well, they've got Granit Xhaka. Granit Xhaka is a leader. He is, he, I was impressed with him at the Euros. And what I think, how I think he'll help is that I don't think he'll tolerate mistakes and I think he will be quite astute in his positioning. Um, but he's also got this long-range passing, which I think will be a huge, huge benefit to Arsenal because... As you've alluded to, they're a bit, a bit predictable sometimes. They, where they fell short last year was in home matches, trying to break down mm. stubborn teams. Short, 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 side to side to side, and they didn't penetrate anywhere near enough times. Nine teams scored more goals in front of their own fans than Arsenal last season, yeah. which is unbelievable. Mm. And they need a guy to, that's prepared to slice open defence, and he could be that guy. And do they also need to keep people fit? You know, you look at it, Welbeck, mm. Walcott, Wilshire, they're not around, are oh, they? Without a doubt, and you know, I mean, there is a problem there. Getting them on the pitch is an issue, and then the mindset when they're on the pitch is, is another problem. Mm. The thing I fear for Xhaka is mm. that you'll find himself the last man so often, and uh, and he'll get five red cards as he <laughs> makes mad, mad challenges well, to stop them. Breaking through. It'd be hard for him to get a game. That's no. the problem. I'm a fan, but it'd be hard for him to get a game. So there's so much competition for places. The decisions that I was talking about are over players like Theo Walcott and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Does he going to hang on to them, or is he going to sort of set, set them through free and allow them to rebuild their careers elsewhere? Because it's it's not happening for them at the moment, and I don't know how many games they're going to get. Well, here's my problem with Wenger in the second half of his Arsenal career. He's never ever seemed to know what. What his, what his best midfield is. Mm. He hasn't got the balance right. There's loads of players who've got plenty of talent. And you can see that, that, that there's there's so much there. And yet he's never got the blend right. Mm. And I think that's the most important thing. And that's where I think if he bites the bullet and gets Xhaka into the team, it'll give them more balance. Mm. Well, they, look, as I said, they can play on the front foot now, but they've also learned how to be a counter-attack inside, which they hadn't. They hadn't done that for years. They were like a team that had 65% of possession every week. Now, in certain matches, they're happy to let the other team have it because they know they've got the players to hurt them. I think we might see more of that from Arsenal this he, year. He was your manager? Mm. At, at Briefly, yeah. 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 You, did you see enough of him there? OK, it's very early mm. on in his Arsenal mm. career, to actually come to a conclusion about how he manages in terms of the human side of things. Yeah. Does he let people get away with too much? I think, <laughs> well, I, I also speak to people that are in, you know, that have worked with him for longer. And, and in my experience, he was a very nice manager and he, he, his, his ethos is to give confidence to players. And that is why Arsenal play really fluid style because he encourages them. He says, don't worry about making mistakes. Just, you know, we want to see this fluid movement and just be yourself, express yourself. And that, you know, that's why we love watching Arsenal. 
but you also need the other side of the game. And I, I think he's, he doesn't like confrontation. That's the, maybe the Achilles heel with his own players, with his staff. He really doesn't want it. And uh, he'll walk away from that, I think, just where he can. So, but I think you need a bit of that sometimes. Mm. You need to shake things up, don't you, inside a dressing room. It can't always be clinical. You can't always. It's a little bit like in the school sports day where you, you don't want to have a go. You, you change the sports day so that you embrace mm. everyone. And, you know, you have a skipping contest where, where there's no real winner. Everyone is a winner. It's not like that. You, you sometimes have to be nasty and upset people. And I think maybe... Um, a bit more of that this season, even from him or from mm. the assistant Steve Bold, would help the team. But that fits in with the whole philosophy of, of you know the son-in-laws team, isn't it? The yeah, perfect yeah. son-in-laws team. Yeah, and, and it is. And it's, it's when you actually see him after games, and you know you're in the same room with him. It it it, it always amazes me that this this sort of mindset happens because you can see his frustration, yeah, yeah. you can see his anger. Yeah. You know, he's sort of getting consumed by anger. I'm always struck by his eyes. They always seem bloodshot to me, mm -hmm. yeah. which is almost, to me, a sign of internal pressure. Yeah, what, he, yeah. he, what he does, after matches, he, he, he doesn't really talk to the players. There's very few inquests straight after a game. We just prefer to go home for the weekend, let calm down and then come back and look at it cl clinically the, mm. the next time and maybe offer it to the floor and you know they have open discussions over over the way forward and apparently last year there were some really productive ones <clears> and <throat> and that might be the way forward but I, I just think it whether it comes from him or by recruiting players mm. that have got a voice that are, that are willing to dig out a teammate if they're not doing it I think that would that would definitely benefit Arsenal moving forward. I think he could probably do it going to that dressing room and cause an uproar after some games. But someone who was very close to him said to me once, he said uh, that Arsenal is the most insightful man in football, except about Arsenal. Right. Let's look about other managers. You know, the, the manager who is really consistently impresses me is Sean Dyche. And I think he will eventually move on from Burnley to a big mm. job. The problem is he's got to balance his own personal ambition with the club strategy at Burnley, yeah. which is basically same old, same old. You know, if we're a yo-yo team, well, fine. If they do same old, same old, they'll go down this year. That's, that's the problem. Um, I think it was a valiant effort last time, but they didn't spend anywhere near enough, mm. enough money. Um, and they didn't um, have a team really set up with Premier League footballers. They, they were brilliant work rate, great pressing, made life difficult, but didn't really have the quality to create enough chances and to score enough goals. We saw with Watford and Bournemouth, didn't we, with, with Dini and Igalo, mm. uh, Wilson and the other strikers of Fobe. Um, they had players that would score goals and I think you know they played on the front foot to some degree. I think Burnley, if they're going to survive this time around, they need to add a bit more class. It, it tells you everything. Last year, they recruited to, you know, to, to come back up, to, to, you know, sort of, to, to win the championship ideally, but definitely to come back up. And, but then they let the director of football who did that go to Rangers. Mm. Um, you know, it's, uh, will they recruit to stay up this time? I'm not so sure they will, because given that, as this new television deal kicks in, the, the, the parachute payments are, are massive, they're mm. way bigger than before. And just being a yo-yo team, and I think we'll get four or five of them in the near future, will make you one of the, the top 30 richest teams in Europe. <laughs> yeah. So I think they're quite happy with that. I mean, you, you hear a lot of talk from Burnley that there's a slight lack of ambition from yeah. the owners. Yeah, yeah. That's we, a shame. We, I was surprised that they 
uh, let Joe Barton go to Rangers. Yeah, yeah he would have. But he was their player of the season last but year. But maybe it was down to the player. You know, maybe he just fancied a crack at, at Scottish football. I don't know. But maybe it tells you about what he, where he feels Burnley's ambitions are, as in he, they might struggle this year. Um, there's, you know, there's talk of them losing a couple of their players. Obviously, there's been a few bids for the for the centre half, Michael, hasn't there? Michael Keane, good yeah, player. Yeah, Very exactly. Player. They, they need mm. to keep they need to keep him really if they can, rather than cash in. Um, if he has a brilliant season for them, and he'll get a lot of practice next season, <laughs> then um, that value might go up considerably. So, um, but they, they 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 need to score more goals. You, there's too much pressure on their defence and their whole mm. defending as a team for them to survive, knowing that they have to you know score two goals to, to get a point or to get three points. You, you know, it's um, it's too much pressure on their defence at the moment. They have to score more goals. Yeah. And at the other end, they've got a very good goalkeeper, emerging goalkeeper mm. in, in Tom Heaton. You know, went to the Euros as basically a training ground partner, you know, the third choice. Mm. Do you see him evolving and emerging as a, as a, a potential England number one? Oh, without a doubt. I, I like him. You know, I talk to people who know more about goalkeeping than me. And he said technically he's very, very good. You know, he takes the right positions, he does the right thing, he makes good choices. Um, he looks like the sort of player who'll, who'll grow, you know, he was, um, and as we've said, he's going to get plenty of practice, you know, and that, um, yeah, I'm sure a bigger club will come looking for him before too very long. Mm. You know, I think the, 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 the main issue for them will not be keeping, I think, you know, I agree with Adrian completely, will not be keeping the ball out of the net. They're going to struggle a bit there. It's getting enough up the other end, yeah. and they, they need to find themselves a striker who will, you know, who will score regularly and, at this. Yeah, and workhorses would take you so far yeah. um, in the midfield. I'm talking about, but you also need the guy that will deliver that cross, that pass, and and we don't know. When you looked at them statistically in the championship, and I looked at it recently, they were like 18th or 19th in terms of the possession they had in the championship. Their pass accuracy was 19th or 20th. They had low amount of shots. You know, 18, 19 teams had more shots than them. So they were very efficient in the mm. championship, mm. but being efficient in the Premier League, playing that counter-attacking style, is much more difficult and, and because course, you're up against better and of players. of course, last year they had Joey, who was the best player in the championship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But that also, stats also tell me that they're a brilliantly coached team. What's your view of Sean Dyche as a coach and a manager? Oh, I think he's, I think he's fantastic. Uh, I think it's, um, I'm, I'm a bit surprised really. He hasn't got a better job already, you know. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I think he's got a really bright future. I mean, often we, you know, undersell young British, oversell young British managers, but you know, this is a fella who's going about his business. Who's proven that? I, I, I think the one thing the Burnley owners did, which was brilliant, was you know to keep him when things went wrong mm-hmm. in the Premier mm-hmm. League and then bring them back up. He's proved himself there. I think another year in his development, if he can keep them up, I think they'll be a they'll be a top job. Lucky. He talks available. well, doesn't he? I, I do like him. He's, he seems like a bit of a bit of a laugh as well. Like mm. you imagine him getting on very well with the players, and it's a bit of a throwback. He's, he's best mates with Kasabian, you know. That. <laughs> really? Okay. Um, oh, I've but, just gone off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about promising young British managers. You know, we talk mm-hmm. about Eddie Howe at yeah, Bournemouth. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Second se- season syndrome. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but like most cliches, it's got to ring a truth to it. A bit of challenge, yeah. A bit of challenge for him. I mean, the recruitment, he's already, you can see he's going for younger players, which I think is, is right. They were a bit naive, a bit green at times, I thought, last season. Um, like their freedom that they played with, they were confident, weren't they? Playing out from the back and pressing where possible. Um, but they conceded so many early goals. I think 
miles more than anybody else in the first half. They were always playing catch-up. And, and they were that, way too open. Yeah, there. that's what I mean. What they need to be is, is, is to sort of almost set their stall out and be a bit harder to break down, especially away from home, um, and then let the expansiveness come out. So that's where I'm saying they were a little bit green, a little bit naive. And I... Knowing him a little bit, Eddie Howe, he's a pretty shrewd cookie. I would have thought he's analysed it and thought, OK, that's where we can improve. If we're seeing it, I'm sure he has. Well, he's, he's moved on. You know, Tommy Elphick, who was his captain, he's mm. gone to Aston Villa. Mm. I was really surprised that Matt Ritchie went to Newcastle. OK, £12 million. But mm. I thought he, he had at least another couple of seasons in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah without a doubt. I think that's a really good buy for Newcastle. I think what's interesting is that... Uh, Bournemouth have gone for pace, haven't they? They've tried to bring in pace. They've decided that at the Premier League level, you know, mm. let's 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 get the you know let's get the ball down the line, let's get get at them, mm. and 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 I think that that's not a bad idea. You know, the, the cliche you know comes from American sports mm. is speed kills, mm. and there's you know there's uh, yeah he's brought to Larry Darren, which. At times, they looked a little pedestrian last year. Well, they, yeah, they had a problem tactically because their centre-half was slow, mm. um, but they wanted to press. So there was a bit of a... Uh, so what happened was they, they pressed, so the defence had to push up. Mm. They didn't always want to push up. So sometimes they cut their push up and, mm. and they'd, they'd get exposed they get over the, the top. Yeah. We saw it a number of times, balls over the top, catching them out. But sometimes the defence were a little bit slow pushing out because mm. they didn't want to, and then you'd see the players do the damage in the hole. They, they didn't quite get it right. Um, last year but going forward they scored enough goals and that I think is a lesson to the likes of Burnley you know if you if you can score I don't know how many they scored if you can get over a goal a game mm. you've got a chance and um, you know that's what they've got to be looking to do again I guess and they picked up one of the best emerging young English players you know Lewis Cook who actually stayed with Leeds as opposed to going into the Euro 19 championships which are going on at the moment with England Six to six to ten million pounds they're going to pay for him, up to ten million. Really good signing for the future. It's just whether or not he can contribute immediately. Yeah, that looks a really super business. Um, I think he'll see playing time this year. Mm. I'm not so sure he's quite ready for the Premier League, but but yeah, I think he'll develop into a player. And with with that sort of with that sort of mindset, with that sort of business, it suggests that you know there, there is. A bright future for, for Bournemouth, regardless of how the season goes. He's all about togetherness, isn't he? He's, he's, he's into psychology, isn't he, Eddie Howe? He, he is full on. And I think he wants a young, hungry group of players that he can build and develop and, and take forward. I, I think central midfield is an area, actually, they need to shape up in. They've got a lot of energy. I think they run further than any other midfield or something mm. like that um, as, a, as a unit. But hardly any of the central midfielders made a goal. Like Arta, um, who else was there in the, in the midfield there? You've got, uh, I forget their names now, but you, you've We've got... we got Elphick there, and, and, and he was injured for a but, while. But of the central midfield yeah. players, um, Sermon, he was in there, wasn't he? Hardly any of them made an assist. I think the top assist maker was three. But again, there was a lack of pace there. You know, I, I remember seeing that stat and thinking, they run further, but do they do it slower? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, um, and, and they, they do they need a bit of injection, a bit of thrust there. But also, probably someone with a, a, a greater grasp, deeper, of, of, of how to protect the centre-halves. Because mm. they were exposed way too often. You know, you talked about the, the, that gap and where, where mm. the play, people played in the hole yeah. behind them. Yeah. And they got exposed an awful lot there. Yeah. Mm. They, they suffered also. Let's, let's have it on the table they suffered a lot from injuries last season mm. one or two players coming back in yeah. 
You know, Wilson, for instance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was such a loss, wasn't he? Um, they were a different team. When, when he was available, all of a sudden they start turning, turning defences. He was clinical. He could have a big season if he's 100% fit. Tyrone Mings come back. Whether you can come back from an injury yeah. like that at the same level. They yeah. need a goalie, I think. I, don't, I think their goalies were... Joe Hurt? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, like, you scoff, but it's a Premier League team, isn't it? I mean, what a signing that would be. <laughs> Look, their goalies weren't good enough last year. They, they, you know, one had a, had a spell, made mistakes, got taken out, and the other one did the same. You know, you need a solid, more solid guy between the sticks. Mm. Chelsea, let's look at them now. A big culture change has to happen there, doesn't it? Well, yeah, there's about to be a big culture shock. Well, <laughs> actually, not that much, because what Conte does is not too dissimilar to what Mourinho did. Mm. Um, and obviously there were certain people at Stamford Bridge who didn't like that. <laughs> and um, I, one, of, one of the stories of the season, for me, is going to be see, see how Eden Hazard's adapts to Conti's methods. You know, he gets in the training rounds, he runs drills repeatedly. He has him doing the same thing over and over again until he decides they've done it right. Um, you know, people have to buy into his, 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 his concept that when, right. when they start a game, they'll start in one shape. If he sees something, change it, you know. But to do that, you've got to be really disciplined. And Chelsea were one of the least disciplined teams <laughs> yeah. I saw yeah. last season. You know, they were absolutely all over the place. And I don't think Conti's got the manpower for it. And if... Again, you've got the pressure of the owner who mm. loves players like Hazard and Oscar, absolutely adores them. I can imagine the same way Mourinho does, did. Uh, Conte looking at them, don't work enough for me. Mm. And it sets up this. Mm. I, I, it I could, be, it could be carnage mm. again at Stamford Bridge. You know, the modern player mm. hates learning by repetition. <laughs> you know, you, you, that's, that's the, yeah, you know, yeah. They're bitching all the time about that. You, know, you speak to well, anyone. Why are they and, bitching? They get their own in a fortune. They're playing the game they love. Get on with it, boys. I mean, Not enough on. respect for their talent, maybe? No, yeah, the younger generation have had it. They've been mollycoddled. That's the problem, I think, mm. as young players, the academy generation. Uh, they're soft, and, and they, don't, and they like, don't like to be told. They don't like to be shouted at. And, um, <laughs> but they're going to have to be shouted at. There's going to be a lot of that going on. There'll be a lot of shouting, because well, you've seen what Conte's like. He's animated. All the pre previous players have, have said how aggressive he can be, but... How, how inspirational he is as well. Um, they need to sort it out. They need to find a way of playing at home. I mean, they conceded like 30 goals at Stamford Bridge last year. Shocking in terms of how open they were. That won't happen again. Um, I think they might be quite dull to watch at times this year, Chelsea. A little bit functional because he, he will start from the back, I'm sure. Mm. What about Matic? Now, you know, he went missing in action halfway through that season last year. You know, we all concentrate on on Hazard and you know the you know the loss of you know his interest basically mm. he needs a huge season doesn't he well, or he he's does. out the door he, he does but you know he's a bit one dimensional isn't he and you know when when he first came over it worked mm. and it was all oh, he's brilliant but then in the second half of the season people mm. people sussed him out yeah. and they, they you know they, they, they knew how to play him and there wasn't enough variation in his game mm. to cope with it. Yeah. So, you know, he needs to learn. Conte well, has be good has he that. got the hunger? That's well, where you got your ass yourself. And this is what I think Conte, in the, over the next few weeks, he will look these players in the eye and he will watch them so intently for their attitude because that is what was wrong with Chelsea. We all know that. Mm. Their attitude was awful last year and he can't afford to carry any passengers. The way he plays, it's all about the teamwork. And if, if Matic won't buy into it, mm. he might as well get shot of him. It's the same for Cesc Fabregas, who, who I think um, is, is obviously a 
supremely talented footballer, but he was a weak link last year. That was there was a he, blind. He's going to struggle to be a starter. It's a blind spot for oh. the managers because he, he he can't play in a two. He can't do it anymore. He has to be in a three or in the number ten role. He don't. He won't get back. That's a problem. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised well, if Matic and Fabregas were not in his first eleven. Well, well, I'll tell you what. Last season, he, he was shameful, Fabregas. If they played him deep, he didn't get forward. If they played him forward, he didn't get back. There was um, against Watford on uh, Boxing Day. I was behind the goal, unusually, not in the press box. And um, Watford had a corner. And everyone was picking everyone up. And Pedro looked up and looked for, looked for Fabregas. And he was strolling back from the halfway line. And he, he did a... Are yeah. you going to get yeah. back? Mm. Fabregas shrugged. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you what, Conte will have him out that zone in about 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah, once he's back from holiday, I think I think he's... If he, if he he's not prepared to really try and impress Conte, he'll be out of the door. Mm. So that sounds like he's going to go then, doesn't he? Because, you know, players, I think, you know, they reach a certain point in their career where they become jaded, mm. even if they've been successful. Yeah. Yeah, Fabregas has got that look about him. You know, su such a good player, but uh, last season such a wrong attitude. Yeah. But not everyone's the same. Not everyone is a Cristiano Ronaldo. Some people have got that hunger until they get the great success, the title, and then it's like, well, I've done it now, and I'm just going to coast. They don't mean to coast, but they just do. Mm. You know, mentally they they switch off, they drop two or three percent, and that makes the difference. Um, and I guess that's why players like Ronaldo are, are they're so driven. Um, and let's give someone like Rooney a bit of credit. He's, he's very mm. driven. He's, he's had a lot of success since a young age, but he keeps pushing himself to, to try and improve. He needs those kind of players. It's all going to be all about the team for Chelsea next year. And I've, I've made you right about Hazard. That's going to be really interesting because well, we saw what he's made of for Belgium at oh, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Um, but will he, will he dig in? Well, the, the one thing is clear that there'll be no coast in Chelsea next year. There may be more anarchy than in any Mourinho season. <laughs> if there is coasting, will Abra and the results are poor, will Abramovich believe the players or will he believe the manager? That's the question. In well, the past, his history yeah, tells you... He's it, trusted the players. Yeah. But now most of those players have gone, haven't they? So you'd like to think that he would have a bit of faith in his new coach. But it, it could go a bit... Andre Villas-Boas, couldn't yeah. it? Where, you know, <laughs> very, very you've got cool. the wrong characters in there. Yeah. So. What about JT as well? You know, this is John Terry's yeah. last last season. Will he play a role, or will he just be a, a glorified mascot? I think he'll play a role. Yeah. I mean, especially given the paucity of centre halves there, will Zuma come back? And if Zuma comes comes back, anyway, was he overrated? Mm -hmm. You know, very very quick. But, you know, he, he wasn't a very good centre-half. Mm. Didn't take up the right positions. Centre-half's a position that you need to learn mm. anyway. Yeah. You mm. get a bit older. So, um, I don't want to be too critical of no. the lads. I think but, he's got potential. But but he was overrated. But is, is he going to come back? Is, you know, they're going to need to buy another centre-half anyway. And so and, mm. and the one thing about Terry is Terry's leadership on, on the pitch. Mm. It, if you watch Terry on telly, you only see about 20% of his game. Mm. Go live, you see him organising, cajoling, pushing people. Hands out rollickens and all that, mm. you know, pointing and, 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 and I think that will play a yeah, part. Yeah. You talk about business now. Crystal Palace have done yeah. a lot of business yeah. early. Yeah, they have. Um, how do you feel they've done in that well, department? Well, I like Andros Townsend. I think they should have gone to the Euros. So that's a good, good signing. James Tompkins, ten million for him sounds sounds a lot. Um, but they did need to... to I think that's a great player. Yeah. I thought it was really cheap. He's a good player. I, He's a good player. Really played right back or centre-half. Yeah. Really impressed me every time I saw him for West Ham. Okay. Yeah, well, he's, he's decent. Um, they needed to have someone... Because this Dan Delaney partnership 
might not last forever and it might mm. not take them take them forward i guess um so yeah look they're doing some good business i think i think they should be less reliant on the likes of balassi and sahar because um as exciting as they are to watch they don't deliver enough end mm. product I, i'm not having sahar at any price i think he's no. he's, he's a we got clarity here yeah. A player of the year, which I think you know, maybe tells you more about that. It, it's it's the modern thing, isn't it? It's the highlight clip <laughs> analysis of football. Yeah. You know, he looks good on the ball, he does a turn, and they show you him beating a man. Did they show you where the cross goes over? No, not at all. Get a decent, um, get a decent striker um, this year, Palace, and they'll be absolutely fine. I would have thought because we've got Townsend. I think you'll get a bit of quality from him. They, um, they, they look at sort of top ten, top, you know. Yeah. Ninth, tenth, eleventh—that sort of area. Well, to me. you know what? Last season, halfway through the season, they were, they were in fifth place, mm. and they, they looked great, and then they just mm. went catastrophically bad. We know what happens what with that Pardew. Pardew's management. We know what, well, we know what happens with him. Mm. He, he, he does brilliantly, and then it falls off a cliff. So, like, he got to an FA Cup final—is it going to fall off a cliff now? I, I don't know. History might suggest it will, and it'll all go pear-shaped this year. But. But you look at the players he's got, and you think, eh, he's got something to work with there." And and I just I think it's vital they have a striker that leads the line because um, the way they play, they, it's imperative they have it. And Connor Wickham is a decent, but he's, he's not good enough to make the difference. Well, maybe. you know, it's a, like, last January bringing in Adebayor mm. turns out mm. to be a, a, mm. a really bad mistake. Mm. You know, it's, um, I, to be honest, I was one of those people who thought yeah, I, it I, might I, have worked. Yeah, I, did, yeah. I, I think this is a big year for Pardew. He um, he needs to put in a, 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 a sort of well, not, not a massive performance from the team, but he needs to be more, you know, sort of level. He isn't you know. on. He isn't on the sort of most secure footers, is he? There was there was talk of a little bit of you know unrest. Well, cer certainly when you know, as you said, they they fell off the cliff in the in the mm. second half of the season. Yeah. Personally, you know, I'd think about getting rid of him just for that dad dance <laughs> on the touchline at Wembley. <laughs> appalling, wasn't it? I mean, well, he jinxed it, didn't he? I mean, as soon as he did that, the Palace were never going to win, never going to win that final. Yeah, I mean. I suppose the fact that he's not even really in the shout for the England England job, given how few English managers there are around, maybe is an indication of, of where he's at in terms of his managerial reputation at the moment. So, yeah, he's got a big season. I'm not convinced he'll be there at the end of the season for some what, reason. I've got a hunch. What was really interesting about seeing Palace, and I saw them a few times in the second half of the season, is that they'd be in front. And what they do in the last 20 minutes, they lose conviction yeah. and they drop deeper and deeper and deeper and they let the opposition in yeah. and then they can see the goal. Yeah. Now that tells me that they're not responding to the manager. Mm. And they didn't and they didn't take the lead enough times. They were, they were mm. often chasing games. And when you play a counter-attacking style where they're deep, that's the worst thing. You need fast starts mm. at Selhurst Park, fast starts, get your nose in front and then if you have to sit, soak it up, then you, you know that's, that's the perfect scenario for Palace. How they ever took the lead at Selhurst Park last season? They were they were sluggish. They were, gave the initiative to the other team. I think there needs to be a little bit of a tweak in terms of the way they go about it. But I do think they've got half decent players. And, 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 they, and they've, they've they've again, right. another team they've got a bit of pace, mm. and they'll get they'll get crosses in. You know, so they, maybe... so the keeper as well, haven't they, uh, Mandanda? Mandanda, yeah, yeah, yeah from yeah. Marseille. So you know, we've talked about our top five or our first five mm. of this season so far. Of those five. Mm. Which club has got the most to look forward to? <laughs> oh, that's a good question, isn't it? Um, well, I think Chelsea will improve the most. I'm, I'm pretty sure because they were so bad last year. <laughs> so Chelsea fans couldn't expect better this year. Um, Perhaps. 
I'm, I'm biased. I, I, I think I think Arsenal are going to be okay. I know you disagree. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I just think it's, it's, it's going to. Be, I think Arsenal have got a chance to do something really. I, really I, I think this is a golden opportunity for Wenger. Mm. The, you know, he'll never, even last year, never have a better opportunity. And I think it's crucial that he makes two more buys, perhaps three. And you know, but I think Arsenal should. I think they'll finish in the top four. I think they'll be fine. Mm. I think Arsenal have got plenty to look forward to. Mm. I think it's at Stamford Bridge. There is the, the soap opera. I think you know it's a. We all complain about it and say, oh, you know, we should concentrate on the football. But you know what? It's brilliant. And there's, there's the you know there's the, 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 the capacity for chaos there. <laughs> so you know, who, who wouldn't enjoy that? Exactly. Mm. Well. I'm with these guys. I think it's going to be absolute carnage and I can't wait for it at Chelsea. But I tell you what, the Empire is about to strike back. Thanks for joining us here on Life's a Pitch. <laughs>